Hey guys, welcome back to the Raising the Bar podcast. I'm your host, Emily, and today we have a special guest, my friend Lance. So would you like to introduce yourself? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, my name's Lance. Um, I guess I'm on here because I'm a vegan lifter too, um, just like Emily. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'm also a dad, a uh, husband, a teacher, and I like to listen to heavy metal and lift weights every now and then. Every now and then. <laughs> yeah, pretty consistently, but yes, every now and then. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so today we're going to do a Q&A, but um, we came up with the questions. So we're going to ask each other some questions related to veganism and bodybuilding. So um, Lance, you want to you wanna start? I mean, I'll kick it off. That's fine. All right. So I've seen this go around in a lot of circles and there's been a lot of debate about this uh, from both sides of the argument, but I'll ask you because I don't have this particular situation. As a petite athlete, do you consider your height an advantage or a disadvantage and why? That's a good question. Um, yeah. So I've actually thought about this before. Um, so I would say it's a, it's an advantage in the sense of like when you're putting on muscle, a little bit of muscle has a more dramatic appearance, I think, because there's like less surface area for it to spread out. So I would say that that's an advantage. Um, I would say also like trying to think um, it's a disadvantage in the gym because I feel like with machines, you have to like manipulate your body to the machines because some of them I feel like are built for people who are a little bit taller or like wider so that could be a disadvantage um what, what's a machine that you struggle with for example um the row like rowing machines because mm -hmm. like and also certain benches because like the back side of the bench is like really wide so there's certain things that I will like not use a bench for because it's just like super wide so like um like dumbbell rows for example, mm. like chest supported, like I can't use the benches cause it's just okay. too wide. So I have to like have my arms like all the way out there. So yeah. Makes sense. I was just curious because obviously I'm on the taller end of things and I think it's a disadvantage for me because to your previous point, if I put on five pounds of muscle, you might not even be able to notice that at all. Um, but on the contrary, I can stay lean relatively easy. So it's a catch 22. Yeah, that's the hard part about being short too, is it kind of, um, when you gain fat, it's a bit of a disadvantage because like just a little bit of fat gain is like, can be pretty noticeable, especially if like you aren't super genetically gifted with like how it distributes. So. Yeah. And I would say based on conversations you and I have had, I would not consider either of us necessarily genetically advantaged. So yeah, we've worked, we've worked for what we've gotten. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So my question is if you could give your beginner self from when you first started lifting, um, and bodybuilding, any advice, what would you tell yourself? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, honestly, like I would have hired a coach probably earlier on uh, than I did. Um, because I was just kind of throwing everything, like throwing everything, including the kitchen sink at my lifting. And I was definitely still under the mentality of like, if I'm not progressing, it's probably because I'm not doing enough. So I would do more and more and more and more when really that's not what for 99% of us probably is what's going to 
produce any type of results. Um, so I would have probably done that and learned to like what progressive overload was, how to train with intensity, those kinds of things. Because I, I've been lifting for, I don't know, probably close to 10 years, but I say realistically, um, I only know what I'm doing over the last like two or three years, like fully grasping it, understanding exactly all the nuances and everything last two to three years is where I've actually like super excelled. Oh yeah, That's for sure. sure. Good question. But yes, because I feel like I wasted, you know, seven years of potential progress, but yeah. Learn. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, when I first started, um, I would just go into the gym with no program, no nothing. I'd be like, I'll just remember it. Like I have a great memory. I'll just remember it. Like <laughs> good luck. And then next time I'd go in, I'd be like, uh, how many reps did I do that for? And yeah. So yeah, I definitely used to mock the people that brought their little journals and notebooks in the gym. And I am that person now. I religiously track with paper and pencil every single one of my workouts. So. Yeah, me too. I do that. I prefer like paper as opposed to my phone. Cause I'm like, what if I lose my phone? What if I, my phone breaks? So I drop it in the toilet. Who knows? I have dropped my phone in the toilet before that was a disaster, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's why I prefer a physical logbook because you never I know think, what can happen. I think I'm just old school too. Like it's just, there's something about it that's more satisfying to just write it in my little notebook and have that week by week by week. I don't know. I don't, I try not to use my phone for the, as much stuff as I can. But. Yeah. All right. This one's going to cut you real deep, but I'm going to go for it. You good? Yep. Let's go. Okay. All right. <clears throat> it says you've complained to me about your calf game being weak. What does a typical week of calf training look like for you? Um, well, I only have one set. <laughs> so that right there, you're probably going oh, That's the problem. Cause you know, but the thing is like my coach does my programming. So I'm not necessarily, um, see, I think what she's trying to do is focus on the bigger picture, which isn't my calves. Like she wants me to focus a lot more on like my quads and my delts and my, um, you know, like my hamstrings, like lagging body parts. And like, I think maybe I'm like a little bit more fixated on like my calves just because I really want bigger calves. But, um, you know, I think she's just, she sees it more as like the bigger picture of like, okay, I need to work on my quads a lot more. So it doesn't mean that there won't be times where I'm probably training my calves more, but yeah, I am just doing one set. It's not like uh, you know, like a drop set or rest pause set, just one set, but I really do take that set till like the brink, but yeah, just one set. So I do think like, I think if I were coaching myself, I would probably do a little bit more for my calves, but it's at the end of a leg day too, which also is probably not ideal for trying to bring up a lagging body part, like just putting it at the way end. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm trying to focus on the bigger picture. Cause like, I really do want to grow my quads more and like, you can only do so many sets of, you know, and exercises. So I'd rather focus on that. And then eventually maybe add in some more calves if she wants to, but, but yeah, I mean, they have grown. It's just, it's like very slow. So it's a slow process, but that's true. I mean, eventually you'll get to the point where your quads, your quads and your delts and stuff are going to be less responsive and they can go on kind of a maintenance phase. And then you can crank out more calves. Yeah. All right, you're up. Okay. Um, so what is the highest and the lowest that your macros have ever been? 
or calories if that's easier to remember yeah calories is easy um just for the people at home macros for me are usually one pound of or one gram of protein per pound of body weight is about where i'm usually at. i usually keep fats a little bit lower than most people i would say 20 to 25 percent and then just fill in the rest with carbs um at my most uh when i well go back to when i was talking about the kitchen sink stuff earlier where i had no idea what i was doing um when i first started lifting i was pushing close to five thousand calories a day um including over 200 grams of protein and somewhere around 500 to 600 grams of carbs a day um i don't know if you've ever heard of serious mass or um it was a it's made by optimum nutrition uh, this was before I went vegan. Um, it's these huge laundry scoop protein scoops, and you do two of them in a serving, and each serving is 50 grams of protein and 250 grams of carbs. But it's like maltodextrin, like it's not like good carbs, it's just junk carbs. Um, and in that first year that I was lifting, I gained like 45 pounds, but 43.4 of it was probably fat, honestly. Um, and then lowest um, show prep, uh, about 2,000 to 2,100 calories. And again, protein being equal at about 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. My fats were like almost non-existent. It was just enough to keep my hormones regulated. And then carbs were pre and post-workout. And that was about it. Um, I was eating <clears throat> like hundred grams of rice a day whereas like now i have 500 grams a day just at lunch so it's a pretty big drop from where i'm at currently yeah yeah fun. i was curious like what that like the difference between like someone like you who's like you're six foot one right yeah yeah like versus me like five foot one it's just interesting to hear like the difference in um calories so yeah, yeah it, it can vary i think my maintenance number is probably like 28, 2,900. So when I go into a reef surplus, you know, I'm 34, 3,500. And then when I'm cutting, it gets pretty low. And I, I like to diet longer, especially if I'm trying to cut. Cause if I do like too extreme of a cut, I just feel like I'm going to die. Um, yeah, me too. really bad headaches and my body just, and it's, it's, it's a psychological thing too, when you don't have any carbs to pump up and you just look like scrawny, but you do what you can. Yeah. For me, it's like the brain fog that just gets me like, especially like with the type of job I have, it's a lot of like data entry and like, you have to remember all these different things. And like, I just remember when I was cutting, like my calories weren't even like crazy low. Um, mm -hmm. but like once the brain fog hits, I'm just like, Oh, it's only downhill from here. <laughs> like it's yeah. pretty bad. So mine is like, I notice involuntarily that I start like not having as high of a neat and I don't just move as much as I usually do. I talk with my hands a lot as a teacher and I usually like walk my classroom. So on a day like today, I usually get somewhere between four and 5,000 steps just at work because I'm walking around that much. Whereas I know like if I'm dieting, I tend to be a little bit more stationary and like stay at my little podium while I teach and things like that. So um, it's weird, but dieting is fun if you do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what do you think of like mini cuts? That's not one of my questions, but I'm just curious. Mini cuts are good actually. Cause I, I think that it's kind of like 
like right now I'm out of building phase and I know you are too, but you can only pour so much gas into the car before it starts to overflow. That's an analogy that works. Like you can't just indefinitely go into a certain, you need to give your body a break at certain points. And especially if you're gaining, you know, we're not gaining significant amounts of body fat, but it's sometimes it's nice to take like a four or six week mini cut just to see what you've gained, what's under there. I know those are usually a little bit more aggressive. Uh, I've done them before and cut like seven, 800 calories. So, but I support the mini cut. Yeah, I do as well. I've just never done it myself. So I can't like fully say like from experience. Um, Cause yeah, I've usually just done like the slow and steady. So like between like three and four months, um, but kind of taking time and like doing like refeeds and diet breaks, just <laughs> kind of ease the, the burden, <laughs> the brain fog really. So right. yeah. yeah, refeeds are good too. Um, and definitely a mini cut. I probably won't do one for a couple months, but when I do, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm up, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now I'll stroke your ego a little bit. So what would you say is your most developed body part and what single exercise do you think most attributed to its development? Okay. I'm going to say my lats. Um, you're probably shocked, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, I would say my lats because, um, I, I, I've always had like a really good, I know mind to muscle connection isn't everything, but I feel like I've always just had like, like I've gained strength the quickest in my lats. Um, so yeah, I would say probably pull-ups, honestly. Um, I know they're not like optimal because they're not like stable, but it's something that I've been doing very consistently from like as soon as I started lifting, I was like, I'm going to try to do pull-ups. So I started with like a band and then I did a lot of lat pull-downs to build strength too. So, but yeah, I would say pull-ups just because, um, like I was the most consistent with that from the very beginning. So. I like it. And I think pull-ups are a good test of strength. Like <clears throat> a lot of people that, yeah, I benched this much, but it's like, can you even do one pull-up? And some people can't. So I know that's not the, always the best test, but I used to be a pull-up machine. Not so much anymore. Yeah, they're fun, but it, it gets hard too, like when you're bulking, because as your weight goes up. But the thing I actually got, I actually got stronger when I was bulking doing pull-ups, but I did eventually reach a point where I like couldn't really add to them. So I had to like add a band at the end. I did almost like a drop set where mm -hmm. I would do like body weight until I couldn't. And then I'd go with like a band. So Mine just has like a really severe fall off where I can get like first set, like 12 to 15, second set, eight, third set, four. Like it's just really just, so it's hard for me to like track it consistently because I feel like it's just is so all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I would do like maybe like nine and then my next set I'd get six. So it's like, what's the point of even doing a third set? Why well, I, I, I wasn't doing a third set, but it's like, what would even be the point? I'd probably just get like two. So. Yep. Terrible. Yeah. But uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next question is what is a typical day of eating for you? And do you eat more on training days or do you keep each day about the same? Okay. I'll answer the first part second and the second part first. Um, I don't adjust my calories, whether I work out or not, I guess in a way, maybe I should take that back because I eat a, I eat a separate pre-workout uh, pre meal if I am working out. Um, 
every morning have a lot of oatmeal, like over a hundred grams of oatmeal. I have a bagel with peanut butter. I have a banana and I have an apple. That's consistently just about seven days a week. Um, a snack for me is usually like a handful of like peanuts or almonds, a banana, and then like a protein shake. Cause I love like really efficient, especially if I'm teaching, it's just a lot easier to throw down a protein shake than to try to like sneak in an extra meal or something like that. Um, my lunch is, like I said earlier, now it's 500 grams of white rice. It's a large helping of TVP. It's a large helping of tofu over spinach with some dressing. So it's like a big salad, delicious. Um, if I'm gonna go train that day, I have a couple bananas. I have like three packs of instant grits because I love grits because I'm in the South, what, what? Um, and then another protein shake uh, before I go. Train, 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 have my intracarbs, you know. Emily turned me on to having some liquid intracarbs. So I have like this pink lemonade crap right now, which is horrible. It's just straight sugar, but whatever, it works. Um, then I, my dinner, that changes throughout the week. Sometimes it's pizza. Tonight it was quesadillas, whatever it may be. And then every night before I go to bed, I have a bowl of cereal because I love cereal so much. And a little bar of chocolate. And that's my day. And I'm pretty consistent with that all the time. Um, I don't, I weigh my meals out when I meal prep, but as far as my other meals throughout the day, I really don't. I've been doing it for so long that it's kind of like, I can eyeball pretty well and have a good idea of how much protein, carbs, and fats. If I was training for a show or something like that, I would be a lot more consistent with it. But since I'm eating at a surplus right now, I feel like I can get away with a little bit. As long as I'm tracking my weight and tracking my body shape and I don't look like a balloon, you know, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. The longer you've been doing this, the better you get at just like eyeballing. Cause I know when I like for the first year of working with my coach, like I've tracked everything to the gram. Like I would literally weigh spinach, like, <laughs> but now I'm a little bit, I mean, I still kind of do that, but I'm, I'm, I get, I've gotten better with eyeballing when I do eyeball. So do you eyeball peanut butter? No, <laughs> I feel, no, I don't. I'd rather weigh it. Um, cause I don't know. I've sometimes what I'll do is I'll weigh it, but I'll like cover up the number on this, on the food scale to see if like what I think is actually accurate. Mm. So usually it's pretty accurate. Maybe it's like two to three grams off. So it's not too bad. So I always throw the peanut butter one out there because I feel like that's one that people always mess up is what a serving of peanut butter looks like versus what it actually is. And that's when it's really easy to like screw up your calories horribly bad. Yeah. All right. Speaking of food, my next one's food related for you as well. Okay. You can only eat one post-workout meal for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? Um, probably what I've been having. <laughs> Um, I'm good. I would say, uh, it would be Jasmine white rice with, uh, I just use these like microwave frozen vegetables cause I'm lazy and that's what I like to use. Um, and then this, uh, soyaki sauce from Trader Joe's. I really like that. And then, um, what else? Oh, uh, Morningstar farms, vegan chicken strips and, uh, soy sauce all over that a bunch of salt as well. Um, sometimes I add like kimchi to it and then a few Oreos on the side just for fun. So, yeah. All right. To piggyback off that, what kind of Oreo is best? 
Um, well, I haven't tried them all, but I really like the snickerdoodle one. Okay. Um, I think they might be seasonal though. So, um, but yeah, I like the double stuffed or the mega stuffed, like original ones too. See, I'm just an original guy. I just want the standard Oreo. I've, I've dealt with the other ones, but I just want, it's the perfect balance of cream and cookie. It doesn't get any better than that. So not overstuffed, not mega stuff, just the original. Just the originals. That's all I want. And I don't do the twist off in it either. I just eat the whole thing. One bite. Boom. Oh, I break both. I take two of them and like I break them in half and then I put the two with the inside together and eat it like a giant sandwich thing. Mm -hmm. I'm weird. <laughs> no, you're actually, I, I see how you do it on your Instagram and it's smart because you don't bring the package with you to the table. Because my thing is if I sit there and start eating an Oreo, I'm going to eat the whole sleeve in one sitting and that nobody needs that. Yeah. That's something I'm very like, I'm always aware of it, like in my mind. Cause I'm like, been there, done that we'll never do again. So if I'm going to allow myself to have Oreos, I have to maintain this level of, uh, you know, accountability with myself. So I'll take them. And then I actually put the package in a giant Ziploc bag and seal it so that it kind of just adds more um, for me to do if I want to go back for more. So I just don't. And then I put it away and go somewhere else. So those Morningstar chicken strips for everyone out there, though, those things are really good. And the macros are like phenomenal. I eat them pretty consistently, too. Yeah, I go through like several bags a week. I wish they were cheaper, but they're good. So it's worth the investment for me. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, it's cheaper than Satan and it's way better than Satan. So yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So what is your biggest pet peeve within the vegan online community? So like, for example, people who say, oh, all plants have protein. Meanwhile, like peanut butter is not a protein. That's not going to cut it. So. Mm -hmm. um, so my biggest pet peeve within the vegan community online and I've actually talked about this on a different podcast before, but it's the people that are vegan that do that do the stupid captions on their posts, like still not protein deficient or still haven't lost any muscle or any, like, like, I feel like it's 2022, almost 2023. Like people are starting to realize that you can live this lifestyle and still be healthy. And you're not bringing anyone to our side by being like sarcastic with them like you can educate people and that's fine but like it's just gotten so played out now of this oh I'm still not dead and blah 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 like yeah dude we know like people live like this it's fine you're getting enough calories you're going to be fine but you probably you're not optimizing it but that's beyond the point but it's that and not to be like hoity-toity about like how long I've been vegan but it's the people that do that when they've been vegan for like three months like four months. I'm just like, dude, like, come on. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, come back to when you've been vegan for like 10 plus years and let me know, like, you know, right. so. It's just, it's, it's annoying. And there are plenty of people within the vegan community that are not a good representation of what it is. And there are plenty of people that are a good representation of what it is that don't get as much notoriety as the other people. Um, and I try to be pretty like, I don't throw my veganism in people's faces. Um, I try not to, at least. I don't ever want to come across like I'm being like holier than thou. Um, I just try to live by example 
Um, and if people want to ask me about what I'm doing, then I'll inform them. Or if I'm wearing like a vegan shirt or something like that, or people see my tattoos that are like vegan related, like that's fine. Ask about it, but I'm not going to go around like being the ultra preachy guy. Um, I'd rather you be like inspired by it and then curious how it works kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad. I almost feel kind of bad when people feel the need to like justify themselves who aren't vegan. Like, well, I don't eat that much meat, you know, cause it's almost like they're assuming that I'm going to pounce, right. you know, as like that kind of a vegan when like, that's not, I don't think that that's a very good way to bring people, you know, like, you know, get people interested in veganism. So yeah. Nobody's ever been like bullied into something and it stuck. Nobody, that's never worked ever. So be nice to people. That should yeah. be the next podcast. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Episode with Lance James, be nice to people. That's the, that's the title there. There you uh, go. <laughs> I have one more for you. Mm -hmm. Here we go. <clears throat> you said in the past that you're unsure if you ever want to compete, what would tip the scales towards making you compete? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there is reason, I guess the reasons why I don't want to compete, a lot of them are like circumstantial. So, well, some of them. So like one reason I don't want to compete is because with the kind of job I have, being in a prep with that kind of job, it just wouldn't work. Like I barely survived like, you know, a calorie deficit, like just a moderate one. Like, I just don't think a cut like to that extent would, um, I'm afraid I would lose my job, honestly, because of like how poor my focus would get if I were to prep to that level. Like I can, you know, I can handle it if it's just like a cut, but I could just see where it was going if I were to continue to the level of leanness, like stage lean. Um, so I would want to have not have that job if I were to compete. Um, I would um, also like, I'd have to be able to afford it. And um, I don't really get paid very much at my current job, but I work a lot, but I don't get paid very much. So the, all the expenses, like the suit, the I mean, there's just so many expenses. I don't even want to think about it, but um, that's a big one. But then part of me is going, well, if I can afford all of these things and or pay for those expenses, honestly, I would rather spend my hard-earned money on something else, like living where I want to live, like traveling, um, doing things like that, um, rather than just basically starving myself for a long time and um just to get a plastic trophy and then it's over like and then i have to deal with the consequences after that and like reverse out of that and it's like yes you get support from a coach of course but it's like i've i've like been like skin and bones before with no muscle but i've been there before and it's it's torture it sucks like you can't even sit on your ass without like you know wanting to cry like it hurts like um you're cold all the time like you're you're moody you can't think clearly like I used to have an eating disorder and like I literally forgot how to spell my middle name for like a split second one time because like my memory just got so bad and like I hate feeling ditzy I hate feeling stupid like I want to build my coaching business I don't want to feel stupid I want to learn I want to develop as a person. And I feel like, you know, prep would hinder that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And like, I understand that a lot of people 
for them that wouldn't necessarily be the case but it's like um it's like i i know myself and like i know what severe deprivation over time does to me and there's a lot of other ways i'd rather spend my life rather than like suffering and i get it like the outcome is cool you look amazing you have all these photos you make memories i get it but i have other things i'd rather do so that's kind of yeah so i'd say if i were to decide that i were going to compete I'd have to not be working the job I'm working. I'd have to be um, financially comfortable and um, maybe just have a change of mind, you know, in the way that I see things like, you know, yeah, I'm not really sure, but that's, that's my answer. So. Yeah. It's a tough one. I always tell people like, if you're curious about it, you need to make sure that your headspace is in the like it has to be dialed in or it will mess you up. Um, and then I always tell people, I'm like, if you want to do it, do it like one time and then like bow out because it's not worth it. Unless you're the genetic freaks that are just going to make it to the next level or whatever, that's cool. But 99% of us aren't. And that's fine. Like live the lifestyle, have fun with it. But like, if you want to cut for summer and you're a guy, get down to like eight to 10%, not the four to 5% range and just have fun you don't have to like suffer for it yeah yeah that's the thing is like I don't mind cutting like it's the beyond that part like where you are you know risking your health you know mm -hmm. even if it's you know recoverable and you can kind of you know do things to minimize the damage and you know then reverse it after the show like I get it but it's like I don't want to waste time doing that like I don't even want to think of, I don't want to worry about my health. I don't even want to think about it. Like, again, there's so many other things I'd rather be doing. So I would rather spend my time, like, you know, focusing on getting really strong in the gym and like just developing as a person, as opposed to, um, getting like absolutely shredded. Plus I think I, I don't like the way that I look when I'm shredded again, the last time I was shredded, I also didn't have any muscle and I was very unhealthy, but the way that my face looks, I'm just not a fan of like the, like your face almost looks like wrinkly. Like I just, mm. I'm just not a fan of that for me. So yeah. Good response. That's fair enough. Yeah. Poke your, poke your brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the last question that I have is what is your favorite brand and flavor of protein powder? Okay. So um, I have a few. Um, I really liked, I've been using it for years now, True Nutrition. Um, I do a pea and soy and rice blend, and I do their um, chocolate fudge flavored, and it's bomb. Put that in my oatmeal, put that in everything. I'm just going to throw it out there real quick. I like all things chocolate flavored. Vanilla flavored, meh, get out of here. Um, and mostly any other type of flavor, it, sounds, it tastes way too artificial for me. Um, but recently, True Nutrition decided that they need to rebrand themselves and raise their prices up. So I have a vendetta out against True Food or True Nutrition right now. So I won't be ordering their stuff for a little while. Um, Earth Chimp, they have really good chocolate protein. Um, and it is soy-free. So that's a good little mix-up for me too, because I do like to get a variety of protein sources throughout the day instead of fixing so much on a soy. Um, and that one is really, really tasty. It's like creamy, it's delicious. And you can use my code on Amazon for anyone listening out there. Find me on Instagram, use it. Um, but really any of the 
plant-based proteins that are chocolate for the most part, I will say. Um, have you ever had naked pea protein? No, I haven't. Is it good? No, it's horrible. It tastes oh, okay. absolutely awful. So don't ever buy it. It is, I think it was one of the first proteins I got after I went vegan and I got it because it was pea-based and I heard pea-based was a great protein source that wasn't soy, again, because I'm trying to mix up my varieties. And it tastes like you're chewing on chalk, like not good flavor, not good texture, not good anything. Macros are good, but not worth it to have to eat that. So True Nutrition and Earth Chimp are my one-two punch of protein. And I am a protein connoisseur. I probably have 20 pounds of protein in my pantry right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> have you ever tried um, Planta? Protein? No, that's the one. Is that the uh, Microsheed? Is that his brand? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's um from the Ambrosia Collective. Yeah. Like the. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. I like the um the chocolate caramel candy bar flavor. That's really okay. good. And they make like a strawberry ice cream. Um, that's pretty good too. How much? Well, how big is the bag? Is it like a two pound bag? Um, I actually have one here, but it's there you go. Look at that product placement right there. Yeah. <laughs> how, much, how much is it for that little bag? Because that's my thing is I don't want to spend two dollars a scoop. Yeah, I think it's like fifty-ish dollars or so. Yeah, it's very overpriced. I'm not a fan of that, but I'm really picky about like protein powders. Like they can't be like chalky and disgusting. So. Mm -hmm. I might give it a shot I because I have heard of it before. Again, it was just a little pricey for my taste. But now that I guess all protein is getting more expensive, I'll deal. Yeah, I'd say I get like 96% from like food, of you know, of my protein. So just came up with that number in my head, 96. But, you know, I get a, most of it from food. So I figure like, you know, a bag of protein powder like that will last me a while. So I think it's okay to spend a little extra since it'll stretch a long time. So, yeah. See, I rifle through it. I probably have like three or four scoops a day. <laughs> well, you have a lot more protein to hit. So, a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you planning on competing now? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> probably not. See, the thing is like, I feel weird saying that because at one point I did really want to, and it's like, I don't want to be taken like less seriously or like I'm becoming like a slacker of an athlete. Cause that's not the case. Like, that's why I post my training videos. Well, not, that's not why, but it's like, I really love training. So I don't know. I just, I guess for a while, like I didn't want to be like seen as like a quitter. So I felt mm -hmm. weird like saying that, but like, I'm, I don't view it as quitting because like, I'm still doing all the same things. I'm just not gonna get to that level of leanness simply because I don't want to do those things because it would impact my life too much based on the circumstances and also just like what I want for myself. So. No, I 100% agree with you. Take your time. If you ever want to do it, do it because you're in the right space to do it. But if not, the lifestyle and everything that goes in with it is 10 times more fun than the day of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't really see like myself at like a certain destination as cliche as that sounds like I just enjoy like the day to day 
going to the gym, eating the food I eat, like just the really basic stuff. Like that's what I like to do. So. And that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, where can everyone listening, where can they find you on Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? So on Instagram, I'm Sir Lance a whole lot. That's W H O L E. Um, that's really the only social media I use. I used to do TikTok, but I don't anymore. And then Facebook, no, I don't really do that either. Um, and then if anyone is interested in a podcast that I do, I do a podcast with a buddy of mine that is also a teacher and we just talk about different random crap, usually not fitness related or anything like that, but it does come up every now and then. And that one is called Teachers by Day. And you can find that anywhere, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, all those places. So thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Feel free to, you know, come on another podcast again if you want. So we will, we will plan that out. Let's make it happen. Yeah, cool. So thanks for listening, everyone. And um, I'll see you in the next one.